Good morning to everybody and welcome to Coffee and Football right here on On Texas Football. Today we're presented by Rick Bobro and Austin Underground. I want to thank them for sponsoring today's show. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined each and every morning by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, both of On3 and Inside Texas. And guys, it's a five-star type of morning because Texas got a five-star commitment yesterday. <laughs> the wide receiver out of Missouri. And Jerry, I'm going to let you just kind of tell folks about him and, you know, the the i guess nuts and bolts of that recruitment yeah it was, it was such a it was it was it was a wild ride uh that's for sure with this recruitment as most of them are but this one had a little special spice to it i think um look the uh we talked about it yesterday but the reality is um is ryan had given a silent commitment to texas on that weekend visit uh september 16th for the uh wyoming game um uh, I think he did that on September 15th, if my memory is correct. Um, but, you know, the, then uh, he, he goes to three. I think he was on at Missouri three times this season, um, late in, you know, or early in October, mid-October, I guess. You know, there was a lot more buzz around Missouri. Um, I mean, these are this is the way these recruiting battles are. I mean, uh, there's going to be back and forth. They're going to be competitive. Um, it, it, you know, it's big boy recruiting. It's recruit through the whistle. All the oh, there's a drinking game with all our isms on inside Texas. So let's get this out of the way. Recruit through the whistle. Big boy recruiting. I mean, he's got great ankle flexion. Some people are already drunk based on that recruiting game, that, that drinking game. Uh, but now look, it's a huge win for Sark. Um, I, you know, the Sark personally recruited him for uh, over a year. I think mattered at the end of the day. I really think that mattered. And you're seeing that with Sark on, you know, several kids in a class where, you know, he's putting in um, as much effort in time with uh, recruiting kids as even assistant coaches are, the position coaches are. So, you know, look, Ryan's first time on campus at Texas was June of 2022. That's the weekend that Arch Manning, um, Manny Muhammad, some of those guys made an official visit. I talked to Ryan leaving Texas that day and you know two things always struck me on the Texas side for Texas in that recruitment with the understanding that you know look it, it there's points where we thought Missouri was going to give all the industry had picked Missouri I was one of those after I had Texas I flipped it I wasn't going to flip it back that late yesterday but uh um you know the two things that stuck out struck stuck out for me with uh Ryan were um, when he, when I asked him, you know, what is it about Texas for him? And this was in the summer when I talked to him, he said, uh, you know, some, it's a, a college I can get away from football and still have a life outside of football. And he said, that's what appealed to him about Austin. And then the networking and, you know, all the future opportunities in Austin, a lot of the same things that Arch Manning said. And then when Arch was part of his official visit, I said, okay, Sark's got this dialed in pretty good. Um, and then you have Sark's offense. You have the fact that A.D. Mitchell's expected to go pro, the position uh, that Ryan Wingo uh, will play at Texas within that scheme. And then I thought the other thing, Bobby and Blake, is, you know, when you're a recruiting process, when you go through it and your official visits are Michigan, Georgia, Texas, along with Missouri. I agree with you on this. And then you go to Tennessee. Then you go to Notre Dame. You have, and this isn't a knock on Missouri. They're having a hell of a year. It's a solid program. But his eyes are blue blood college football. There, There's a college football experience he's looking for. And so if throughout his process, 
his eyes never seemed to be on Missouri. That didn't that didn't that doesn't mean he couldn't go to Missouri, but his recruiting process started started with much bigger eyes around the country in college football. I think that mattered. I, I agree with you on on that. Uh, there are certain guys that are predestined to go to a big time school, and I'm not saying that Missouri Missouri's certainly trying to get there. They're not there. Right. Um, they're they're not a blue blood and and never have been, uh, frankly. And so when when you look at it that way, I, I think that's part of it. I also think that you know he's looking for an offense that gets him ready for the pro style of play. Missouri's offense is not pro style. True. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian's is. Uh, Chris Jackson is a former pro coach uh, at the wide receiver position. Um, look at the in, at the end of the day, uh, Texas won out for a five star over a host of suitors across the country. Yeah, uh, we've asked, we've been asked whether Chris Jackson is a good enough recruiter at wide receiver coach because Micah Hudson ended up going to Texas Tech. Well, I mean that those things are going to happen. What we're seeing is uh, two things. One is the de-emphasis in some ways of the importance of the position coach and the emphasis of the head coach in recruiting these high-end, really high-end players like Ryan Wingo, like Brandon Baker, like Colin Simmons, uh, Sark involved in every single one of those. Uh, those are the three five-stars on three consensus that Texas has commitments from right now. And, you know, Jerry, moreover, it sets up Texas uh, to have a little bit of a run here in recruiting as we close up shop. I was talking to you and uh, Justin Wells yesterday, and both of you said, uh, well, I think 23 or I think 24 will be the final number, right? You, you guys went back and forth on that. I think it could be 24, 25, Bobby. Okay, so so my point is they're at 19 now. Right. Okay, and it looks like Aaron Hampton is toying with the idea of maybe visiting Oregon. So that would peel him back to 18. Um, you know, we could be talking about five, six more guys in this class where is that going to come from when it's Kobe Black? When is is the one that we single out right now, as we know, is kind of leaning toward Texas, right? So is it Xavier Fieldsame? Is it Wardell Mack? Is it, uh, you know, one of these uh, defensive linemen uh, that uh, Bo Davis is after of late? Uh, we just don't know. Yeah. I, I am I, happy, by the way, Kelly Hill. And I, I mean, know exactly where Bothell Washington is as well. Uh, Juan Gomez had a question for me. It's one of them. Um, it's one of them. Um, let's see. So yeah, here's, here's what I'm looking at. Uh, and we're going to get to the basketball super chat in a second, because it, there's bad information out there. Um, so offensive line, they'd like to take four defensive line. They'd act, act like to take four high school players. So that's two more guys. If you flip a linebacker, which is a wild card, a Justin Williams, a Ty Anthony Smith, I think they're going to make a run as Xavier Atkins out of summer Creek two potentially late. That would be three. Then they need two DBs. That would be five. Then you have total wild card recruitment, Ryan Williams, who's trying to reclassify to 24. That's a long shot, but sometimes long shots come home. Um, and I actually spoke to someone close to that Ryan Williams recruitment. I wanted to give that update. They're still deciding if he's coming into Austin this weekend. KJ Lacey is for sure flying in Saturday morning. I think there's going to be a decision made. Uh, today, whether Ryan Williams is going to make that trip for sure with KJ Lacey, so it's a maybe. Right. So you've now. got. So you've got one. I'm just reiterating here. One OL addition to what 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 the Longhorns have now. Two more DL. One more. Edge DL. Yeah, Edge DL two potentially. Okay, yeah. Edge DL 
too. So one edge, one DL, and then a potential linebacker, and then a corner safety, and then a wild card. Yeah, that that's basically your look at the the next. Yeah, that's a that's an aggressive group because I'm guaranteeing not a lot of people were thinking Texas is going to go that far. Kobe Black clearly the corner. The safety could be Phil same, could be Wardell Mack. It could be a combo. Yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, interesting group there, Jerry, uh, as well. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention uh, that that uh, is important in this is Texas moving up to number nine overall, yes. Jerry. This this puts them in, in good position, I think, to end up with a top five class uh, if they add some of these high-end players that you're well, talking look, about, right? Well, look, Texas is the only school in the top ten that has under 20 commitments. And now only 17 are counting the class rankings right now. That number will go up as we get closer to signing day. How that, But the reality is Texas is the only one with 19. They have the longest runway left in this class. Now, they're not going to – even if everything fell away, they're not going to challenge Georgia for number one or anything. But – and that's not really important right for, for Texas. But I think if Texas – even if they finish six – that's three classes that average top five in a row. And that's all that you're in the headed in the right direction if you do your job in the portal after that. That that's the point. Portal becomes this is great. Stacking classes is great, but what's more important with roster management these days, or not more important, but as important is the development of those players once they get on campus, and then the addition of portal for where you came up short. Because inevitably everyone is coming up short. Georgia, the two-time defending champion, went to the portal last year and got two wide receivers. Yeah. And both of them play. Yeah. Um, and so everybody has weaknesses. The portal becomes uh, takes on increased importance in my opinion. No doubt. Uh, before we get to basketball, guys, Bobby, I'm going to let you tell everybody about Austin Underground. Yeah, absolutely. Our friends at Austin Underground, Rick Vavro and his team, uh, have been tremendous to us. They sponsor the coffee and football each and every uh Thursday morning. I appreciate uh, Rick and his team. Uh, what they do is they deal with commercial uh, projects underground. So if you need concrete poured, you need uh, not not you need pipes uh, taking electricity someplace to another place. It's Austin Underground. Rick and his team. We dig Austin is their logo or slogan. Uh, and uh, Rick is a great Longhorn uh, engineering degree from Texas. Long long time Longhorn fan as well. Uh, that's Austin Underground. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Hey, Blake, you can bring up the question, but Shake and Bake. Um, yeah, I was yeah, actually yeah. just responding in the chat. Hey, Bevo Boulevard, before yeah. the game, north side of the stadium. Uh, a lot to do down there if you're bringing kids. I don't know you know, what uh, if you have kids you're bringing or if it's just uh, you and a couple other people. But uh, Bevo Boulevard o- opens up a, three hours before the game. Uh, so you can walk. A lot of stuff to do down there. The team bus arrives at the north end of Bevo Boulevard two hours and 15 minutes before game time. That's pretty cool. They walk Bevo in from the south end of Bevo Boulevard about 30 minutes before the team arrives. So it's all pretty cool. Part of the band's out there uh, for when Bevo is uh, makes his appearance on Saturday uh, mid-morning. So there's a lot to do around there. There's tailgates everywhere um, on the, uh, I guess the, um, well, I guess that all oh, that's on the south end of or, yeah, it's a north end, but uh, then there's tailgates all around the stadium as well. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to do, plenty to do. I'd get there about three hours before the game. If you want to go to a tailgate, um, if you want to go to a tailgate, there is one that uh, Inside Texas and On Texas Football are part of, and 
uh, promote, uh, and that is part of the Texas One Fund, which is the NIL arm of the University of Texas. Uh, we like to, to go there, hang out. They said, feel free to invite as many people as possible. Uh, they're going to be there. They'll be behind the stage uh, on the LBJ lawn. So that is the north end of the stadium yeah. uh, where LBJ Library is. Go behind the stage of the uh, 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 musical act. There will be a big tent there. It will be for Texas One Fund. Uh, what they ask in return, it's free food and free beer. What they ask for is a polite donation uh, on behalf of TexasOneFund.org. Uh, inside Texas and on Texas football, both happy uh, to promote that endeavor. And uh, at least one or two of us will be there on Saturday as well. There you go. Can't beat that. All right, guys, let's talk about basketball. Like we said, we were going to, we're going to hit this super chat from J-Dub. And he, thank you, J-Dub. He says, I'm hearing that Colorado dominated our men's basketball team in a scrimmage. Did you hear anything similar? And what does that say about this team and Rodney Terry? What I can tell you is that information is in, a hundred percent incorrect. Um, uh, if they if they scored that scrimmage, Colorado won 87-78. Texas was actually up 65-64 at the under eight, what would have been under eight timeout. Um, you know, Caden Shetter and Dylan DeSue didn't play in, in the scrimmage. Uh, Texas flew up morning of, did not go up day before. They played that game in the altitude. They had a few guys that uh, struggled late in that game a little bit. Uh, but no, that, that's absolutely incorrect. Uh, Texas was actually up at the eight-minute mark in that game. Um, and so, no, that's that's incorrect. The Texas was pretty pleased with how things went Saturday, considering Caden Shedrick and Dylan DeSue did not play. And that was the first time together truly on the court playing for a bunch of those newcomers and a, a freshman like Chris Johnson. So, no. Um, but, Bobby, go ahead. Yeah, Jerry, I was going to ask you a little question on this. Uh, who were some of the guys that you heard – played particularly well or or seem like they're going to be the leaders of this Texas team. Yeah, I mean, I think Tyrese uh, – Max Aismas a. didn't even have a good shooting day. That's the other thing. Um, I, he didn't even have a good shooting day, um, but uh, and he will. Um, but him and it, IT, Ithiel Horton will have some – Texas will have multiple games where they hit 10 threes this year is my prediction. Um, you know, Tyrese Hunter, obviously guarding the ball. Um, he's, he's playing at a pretty good level right now. Dylan Mitchell had 22 in the scrimmage. I'm not – Look, Texas played small ball, though. That's the thing to understand. Without Shedrick and Disu, they played small ball. So I'm not sure that's indicative. I don't want people – I don't want to hype that up because people are going to be start expecting unrealistic expectations on Dylan Mitchell. That He's not going to go out and have that dramatic of an increase from year one to year two. Texas is playing without two bigs, and Dylan Disu is going to be a focal point of the offense in the half court when he comes back. Dylan Mitchell's an improved player. However, but uh, yeah, I think the guard, Texas, really solid at guard. I think the next piece for Texas will be the young, the, the transfer in younger guard, Kendall Weaver, and the freshman, uh, Chris Johnson. Um, those guys need to come on team defensively, right? I mean, those are some guys that are new in the program. They haven't played. Uh, Chris has not played team defense on the college level. Uh, so they missed some rim protection in that game with the two bigs out. Um, and they played, had to play small ball due to those injuries. But uh, Texas was pleased. Uh, and I want to mention on the basketball um, a recruiting front, somebody asked about that, and I'll cover that now, and we'll get back to football. Uh, early signing period is November 8th through 15th. Nick Cody, uh, four, number 45 player in the country, he wraps up his official visit process this weekend. I think he's going to Auburn today. Uh, I think Texas or Houston is going to be your pick there unless something crazy happens. Houston had a lead. Starting this official visit process, Texas has at least a puncher's chance. 
Trey Johnson should sign in the early period. It's Texas or Baylor. There's been a little momentum for Texas uh, here recently. I think it could go either way. And then even if he were to pick Texas, you have to deal with uh, the, the NBA G League late in the spring, depending on what how he does at Link Prep Academy this year and how aggressively the NBA G League goes after him. And then I'll say this. I expect Texas to recruit more internationally, guys, with, under this staff. I think some – I think I think there's uh, – Like where? Like just anywhere? Europe? I think NBA, NBA Africa has a lot of good – young kids from what I'm hearing the 24 and 25 cycles. And I know Texas is evaluating some of those guys heavily. Wow. That's crazy. Hey, hey, uh, we mentioned this, Jerry, you're the basketball expert of, of this trio for sure. Blake, uh, you've gotten the, you've got the, the, the baseball angle. Uh, your son is a recruitable athlete, ninth grader. Now I believe yep. uh, already getting some recruiting letters. Uh, you texted me and Jerry this morning that the, the Texas baseball program and David Pierce, got what you consider or who someone who is considered a potential top 10 overall prospect in baseball committed to the Longhorns yesterday. Who Tell, tell folks a little bit about that as we're going through some other sports other than football right now. Yeah, so uh, they got a commitment last night from Anthony Pack Jr., who's uh, probably top 10, top 12 player in the nation, definitely the equivalent of a, of a five-star prospect. Left-handed kid, uh, can pitch, but will actually play center field at the next level, most likely, I would assume. Very, very fast. About 5'10", 175 pounds. I mean, everybody in the nation wanted him. Huge pickup for Texas. The thing now is you got to get him on campus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's going to be the hardest part. But what's amazing to me, in the past three to four weeks, guys, Texas has went out and dominated the West Coast in baseball recruiting. They have the top two kids uh, from California for 2025 committed right now. And like I said, the, you know, they weren't the only one on these kids. I mean, every school in the country was on them. And Texas has went in, gone over to California, pulled out the top two prospects. And now it's just time to get them on campus. But, yeah, huge pickup for the Longhorns last night in baseball. Where, where exactly is he from? California. Um, let me see if I have it up here. Hey, while, he looks up that, while he looks that up, let's talk about one thing because we are football, right? Um, the Pac-12 blowing up. California is an awesome baseball state. Oh, that unbelievable! Can negatively yeah. impact that. I, I mean, I, I don't see a lot of kids wanting to go to the Big Ten to play baseball. I don't see if you're going no to. Point. What about if you go to Stanford and you want to go to play in the ACC? Yeah, I mean, go across yeah. the country. That's got to be a bear now. I, I, I'll tell you who I bet makes a return in college baseball, guys, and, and not that, but they just haven't been that same program if they have NIL in place is Arizona State. Because with you with USC and UCLA moving to the Big Ten, like you said, Stanford and Cal are going to cross the country playing the ACC. Arizona State's moving to the Big 12. So now they have Texas, they have California, they have Arizona. Is that not a dream scenario for baseball recruiting? Sunshine States. I, I mean, are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Well, I, 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 I'll be interested to see if Arizona State starts to uh, ascend in college baseball again. Yeah, that would definitely be interesting. That's a great point. And uh, he's from Lakewood, California. Okay. Uh, perfect game, All-American, preseason All-American as well. And I, I was just looking. I said top 10, 12 player in the nation. They have him ranked 12 overall in the nation. So give give folks that. give folks his name one more time so they can write Anthony, it down. Anthony Pack Jr. You need to go watch the highlights of this kid. There's some uh, online. But, man, I mean, just an electric bat, too. I mean, you can get him on campus. That, that improves your hitting tenfold the moment he steps foot on the diamond. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
So, all right, guys. Well, let's get around to some football questions. We got plenty of them. We got plenty of super chats this morning right here on Coffee and Football presented by Austin Underground. And uh, let's go back to Ryan Wingo for a second. Dax Kelm with the super chat. Thank you, Dax. He says, what do you guys make of Wingo's dad's remarks yesterday? Signing day is December 20th. You never know what can happen. Are they using Texas, Dax asked. No. I mean, they don't – they set this up for a long period of time. This is – guys, that's what parents say. What else are they supposed to say to hometown media? I well, mean, look, there who, you just spurned, who you just spurned, by the way. Hey, if you listen to the questions, the questions were actually thought impressively aggressive. <laughs> You're going to face backlash. What are you going to do about that? I'm like, whoa. I mean, I wish some some of these guys would ask college football coaches some questions. You know, I mean, like that was pretty pretty good by that guy. I mean, I and I think that kind of forced an answer in a way. Yeah, I don't think they're using Texas. I think he's made his decision, uh, and it was just a dad being a dad, trying to protect his son. By the way, my understanding is that Ryan Wingo's dad was in Texas' this corner in this in this Correct. conversation. So don't – you guys trying to think that this is something nefarious or something underhanded, it's it's not. It, it, it's all – remember this. It's always the moms that like that close to home, especially like – Yeah, and we'll, we'll see how this goes, but look – how many times do we see, I would say 90 to 95% of the, time, percent of the times where we see a ceremony such as this, the right. player ends up signing with that school. Right. It is one in 20 when they back out after a ceremony like this. Yeah. It is exceedingly rare. Um, so I I wouldn't worry about it. I, I think people are, are hunting for trouble a little bit. Well, we're going to stay on the recruiting note with the next Super Chat guys from Fresh 6473. He says, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you guys that all 19 current commitments will sign a letter of intent for Texas on the first or second National Signing Day? Um, All 19. Well, you know, look, Aaron Hampton's committed three times in the process, so I'm definitely not going uh, 10. Um, Let's say... If you eliminated Aaron Hampton from that that discussion, because I'm the same way, Jerry. Uh, Aaron Hampton right now is a wild card in, in perhaps because I think Oregon is really looking him at him specifically as a wide receiver, whereas Texas has said athlete. So that let's see what that really means to Aaron Hampton. And if he really wants to go that far away from home, but take Aaron Hampton and say 19, the 18 commitments stands him. Where would you feel on that? Um, I probably put it in nine. Yeah. See, I would be seven, eight just because it is recruiting, yeah. but. Yeah, it, it, I'm not. I'm not going ten because that pack backs me into a quarter for the rest of my time on these chats. So <laughs> I'll, I'll go nine. Not that I'm not as scared to put them out there, but I'm not on that one. It is recruiting. <laughs> All right, we got one more super chat. We need to read real quick. More of a comment here. A little dab will do you. Two uh, two dollar super chat. Thank you, sir. And he says Jerry's jerky fun. So I guess Jerry's the one that needs to be thinking. You know what I mean. Hey Jerry, I gotta ask, did you have some jerky while you're on the road this week to Lancaster and Lufkin and all that I'm stuff? I'm trying to go a little sodium free right now because uh, you know. <laughs> Are your ankles swelling right now, Jerry? I, I luckily I've never had that issue, but uh, <laughs> yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. One more recruiting related question, then we'll move on to some team stuff, and then we can always circle back around. But E. Kim says, Good morning from Rainy Rockford, Illinois. How many division one prospects will be in the Duncanville versus the Soto game 
this weekend. Jerry, I know we talked about it earlier in the yeah. week, how big of a game it is, but it's also big in terms of talent on the field. Yeah, so DeSoto has probably 30, 35 D1 kids in their program, freshman through senior class. So obviously those freshman kids won't be on the field. Time out. Time out. You said DeSoto has 30 to 35? Sorry, Duncanville. Sorry, Duncanville. Okay. I meant Duncanville. Duncanville has 30 to 35 D1 kids in their program, freshman through senior class. Obviously the freshmen don't factor in. DeSoto has – they got at least 10 um, probably from sophomore to senior class. Um, so I'm guessing you'll see on the sidelines, now all these kids don't start, um, sophomore through senior class, I'm guessing you'll have 35 D1 kids on that field. Now, with the portal day and age, it's harder to just throw that number out there and be 100% sure. But that much Division One talent on that field, yes. Uh, Jose Rodriguez asked, how big is Phil Same? Um, yeah, he's six foot 190. I thought it was uh, – I got to say this. When I was in high school, it was cool when one player got a scholarship to, like, McNeese State yeah, or or Army. You know, not 35 of them going that, – well, that was my high school. A little I, bit different. So, so just for the – just so people know how good Duncanville is, they've never had a quarterback like Keelan Russell, a guy that has a chance to play quarterback for a long time, in my opinion. He's committed to ACC, future ACC champion SMU right now. Um, then they have Colin Simmons and Alex Jr. on the D-line committed to Texas. They have DeCorian Moore, number one receiver in 2025, assuming Ryan Williams reclassifies, committed to LSU. They have running back Caden Durham, committed to LSU. They have a safety, Kadavius Dotson, uh, is committed to SMU, who's very, very good, Was had a late spring injury that kind of hurt his recruitment. They have a, one of the hardest-hitting linebackers you'll ever see. I'm not sure where he's going. Uh, Javion Holiday, a junior DB, will be a power five guy. I mean, I thought when I was there in the spring, I thought they had six D, uh, FBS DBs. Unbelievable. Um, and so, but they have young kids. They have a kid, uh, 2026, who's going to be a top national recruit. Um, they have a tight end that's going to be a power five kid. I mean, they, they don't just have – they have talent everywhere, but now they have the quarterback, a true quarterback. Jaquindon Jackson was a great competitor. Um, this kid actually throws it at a very high level. Duncanville hasn't had that, if ever, like that. And then Jerry Antoine says, how do you like Booby Feaster from DeSoto? I Bobby watch Booby Feaster as well. Booby's a, he, a ta- he's a talented guy. They think he's going to run 10-7. Spring as a freshman, we'll see if he puts up that time. That's what Ryan Williams did when I I was at South Alabama um, at the region track meet because I was going to some high schools on my way up to uh, um, Nashville at the time. And in the region track, I guess I was coming back, and and the region track meet was there. And I said, you know what, I'm going to swing by on because I was just driving back to Houston. I'm going to swing by and. And I and that's the first time I saw Ryan Williams. I actually ran into Ryan Williams' dad, who saw the on three shirt and wanted to introduce himself. Um, but he he talked about his son, and I knew the name. I hadn't seen his son, but he said Max. He said he'll run ten seven today, and it was into the wind. And he ran. I think it was ten seven two. I had a tweet about it that day. Uh, that would be a really impressive hundred meter time for a freshman. There aren't many guys that do that. That's no crazy. 10-7 I mean, <laughs> seems like it's the new 11 flat. Yeah. I mean, so look, Ryan Wingo, I mean, we didn't mention this. I mean, in the open, he ran 10-5-5, 100 meter at 6-1 and a half, 205. Yeah. I mean, do you guys real? I mean, that is smoking 
for a guy that is six, one and a half, 200 plus. Let, let's put that in perspective, Bobby. And we're not saying he's going to be that this level pro. Um, that's what Adrian Peterson ran at 200 pounds in high school. I mean, people got to, I mean, it's, that's a different level of speed I, at 200 pounds. Now. I, I, like I said, I think 10 seven is the new 11 flat or yeah, is the new 11 flat back in the day when I was covering it, Jerry. I mean, Bobby, that, that makes sense because we're into training for, you know, each sport now. And if a kid's really track focused and learns how to start and, and has better form and it's, and you don't have to, you know, that kid's not coming in raw in college. I mean, training, nutrition, strength training on top of track training. I mean, I, I see, I'm not, I'm not saying we're going to see nine nines in high school, but I do agree with you. We're going to see a lot more 10 sixes, 10 sevens in future years because guys are training for it. All right, guys, before we move on, I need to tell everybody about prize picks today and prize picks is a skill-based real money daily fantasy sports game. You simply pick between two to six players and if they'll go more or less than their prize picks projection. It's just you versus the projections available instead of battling thousands of other players. It's really simple to play. It takes almost no time. I can make my pick, submit my entry in less than 60 seconds, so it's super fast. And it adds a ton of excitement to the sports viewing experience. You can watch your progress update in real time. You win up to 25 times your entry amount, and you can cash out your winnings easily with quick withdrawals. Tonight, I'm going to be all over the NFL Thursday night football action. I'm actually going for the trifecta taking Buffalo quarterback Josh Allen to rush for less than 22 yards, Buffalo running back James Cook to rush for more than 50, and Tampa Bay running back Richard White to rush for more than 46. So to join me in those picks, you can go to prizepicks.com slash ontexas. Use promo code ontexas. You'll get a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash ontexas. Promo code on Texas to get that first deposit match of up to $100. And that's prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. I got to say this. I, I, I'm I'm curious what Jerry thought as we're talking about, you know, fantasy and that sort of stuff right now. The the Wimbiana, uh guy out of San Antonio, his premiere in the NBA was last night or debut, I guess, is the better way to say it. What did you think of that and his performance? Got into foul trouble. It's going to happen. I mean, he I think he only played like 17 minutes last night, and that's the things. That's the thing he'll have. He'll have some games like that as, as a rookie, and that's why it's like this guy's not going to go out and average 27 and 12 anything stupid like that. He, he'll, he's, but you know, he hit a couple threes early. He's just so he's so different skill wise. He's going to people are going to attack him, especially early, and try to get him into foul trouble. And that's the thing. It's going to be a learning. That's going to be his learning curve. Um, but it was interesting to watch uh, San Antonio score almost 50 points in the first quarter. Yeah. Wow. 50 <laughs> points in the that's, – uh, that's high cotton. <laughs> All right, guys. we got plenty of questions, um, plenty of time to get your questions in if you haven't done so already, so please do so. And, by the way, want to – I know you already answered this, but I just want to thank Jose for the super yeah, chat. Thank you, Jose. Yeah, I forgot to do that. Six, right. six foot and a quarter, 190, 195. And a guy that ran 10.55 last spring. That's what I was going to add. It was a sophomore year. He was hurt during track last year a little bit, so he couldn't run as fast. Jerry, let me ask you this. This, I, this is a total, and I'm sorry, we're not going to, we're going to bypass a question or, or hold off on a question real quick, but speed in the secondary for Texas has not been great. 
I mean, Jaron Thompson's not fast. Jalen Catalan's not fast. They play fast, but they're not fast. Yeah. Michael Taft certainly isn't. Um, Derek Williams, maybe. Uh, but other than Gavin Holmes, Terrence Brooks isn't. Jade Barron isn't real fast. I mean, they're they're okay. Is that maybe something that Texas needs to do more of is, is really push for more speed in the secondary, in your opinion? Or do they need guys that are just four or five that are good cover guys? I mean, what what do you yeah, think they need? I think uh I think it's kind of twofold, you know. I, I think there's it's safety. Uh, I, I agree with what you think Gary Patterson said when he was at TCU. You, you don't have to have four four guys at safety if they have instincts, right? I, and I, people are going to joke around eyes for the uh, eyes for safety drinking game, but uh, safety eyes instincts at that position. You play a lot faster than what you would time, right? But I think there's a certain level you have to have a mix of it to be versatile, right? In the secondary, you know, a guy like Phil Same is so important in in recruiting for me at safety uh, because you can walk him down. He has the speed to cover man in the slot. You know, he, there's some things you can do with that guy because of just his sheer athleticism, especially that size strength speed combo uh, for him. But, you know, I look, I was talking to somebody at IMG uh, when I was driving around Texas the last couple of days, I just want to check in on um, Jordan Johnson, Rubel and Jarrett Gibson and just how they were doing. Um, and, and, you know, I've heard this twice now from Jordan on Jordan Johnson Bell from guys down there. And they've had a lot of really good players come through IMG. They think he's going to surprise because of how smart and instinctive of a football player he is. They think he's going to surprise people. They feel like he's better than where people have him ranked in recruiting rankings. That's And they said that in the spring when I was there. And I got the same message from a different person on Tuesday when I was driving around in Dallas in between school stops is they think Jordan Johnson Bell is going to be better than the recruiting rankings say he is. Um, and I tend to agree with that because he's an instinctive, tough, physical kid. He can play in the box. He can play um, uh, uh, 15 yards off. He can he can do everything you want him to in a scheme. He can make the calls. Uh, so I think there's a combination there. I think a guy like Phil Same is a great athlete that knows how to play safety if you listen to them McKinney coaches um and then you have a guy like Jordan John Rubel who he's not going to physically put up the testing numbers Phil same is but they say he sees it and understands it on a high high level as high a level as they've had uh, as a safety at IMG by the way Jarrett Gibson uh, IMG very happy with him as well they think both those guys um have had uh really uh uh, really, really good senior years, and they just love the lead, leadership and culture of those two guys at IMG. Uh, by the way, somebody asked about Ryan Wingo comp. I said, you know, I, I threw that one out yesterday. I forgot who I, I, I said something on one of these live streams two or three months ago. My comp for him, um, it, it was Chris Godwin, and somebody mentioned that because there's been some questions. And I think Chris Godwin is the comp as an athlete. Now, he, these kids all have to go do it, but Chris Godwin. We had in the Under Armour game when I was ESPN Under Armour. Um, Chris Godwin with the NFL Combine was 6'1", 209, ran 4'4", 2, vertical 36. I think they're very similar athletes and frames is what you're looking at with Wingo and Godwin. We'll see if Wingo ends up being the player Godwin is. But that from a frame standpoint, that an athletic standpoint, that is the comparison. That's that's a good one. I'll take, I would take that each day. 
Look, Jerry, I, I just I go back to it, and I'm just going to put this out there. I think Texas needs more speed in the secondary overall. Agree. That's Agreed. where I, that's where I come out at. Yeah, I would sacrifice a little height for speed as well. Yep. Not strength though. Not strength, just height. I mean, to, to your point, Quan, there's got to be a place for Quandre Diggs. No there. doubt. No doubt. All right, y'all. Before we move on, I want to read this comment real quick and then talk about something. Uh, UT Rocks 2005 says, I just want to tell y'all how grateful I am for y'all. Y'all's content every day and live streams always help with my mental health and how with how y'all all joke around with each other. Thank you. And with that, I want to say thank you all for tuning in each and every morning. Yeah. Right now, we are sitting at 24,955 subscribers, okay. which is just crazy to me considering where you know we were even a couple of months ago. Uh, and don't forget, we'll be giving away that poster once we hit 25. So not too much longer to go. But thank you all for tuning in each and every day. Hey, a little dab will do you, 847. Bring that one up. This guy's got my full attention right now. <laughs> it, the show is awesome. You mentioned a recruiting letter took me back to 94. I wound up playing defensive back for the Havelinas down in Kingsville. Hook them. Hey, dude, that means you played with John Humphrey and Derek Foster. <laughs> Two of the absolute best running backs. John Humphrey may be the best punt returner I've still to seen to this day. And Derek Foster, we were talking about guys that are fast at 200 pounds. I've never seen a faster 200-pound guy in high school carry a football than Derek Foster. And he wore that big neck roll pads at Lamarck, and they ran sprint draws, so it looked like he was literally shot out of a cannon. And guys would have – like. A guy literally, he tore a guy's ACL in the Denison game. I, I still, to me this day, I, unbelievable. But you would think guys thought they had an angle on Derek Foster. And not only were they wrong, they were so wrong, it was incredible. So if you played with those guys, I would love to hear about it because those guys were unbelievably talented and they played against each other at Galveston Ball and Lamarck. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. That was real speed in those games. That was a bloodletting back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bloodletting. All right, y'all. We have a super chat from Kyle Witherspoon we need to get to. Thank you, Kyle. And he says, any update on some of the key defensive entries? Are we getting healthier on some of those this week? Uh, look, I mean, I think Ethan Burke, uh, he was described as week to week. I don't think he's playing this week. Uh, Jalen Catalan, we're waiting to hear more, but he did not practice last week. So yeah. to think he's going to automatically come back this week, I, I don't I don't know that that's going to happen. Uh, so that's two. Ryan Watts was in Houston and did work out pregame. So I think he's on his way back. 
Uh, Jet Bush uh, was a, I mean, he's a role player in this defense, right? But given Ethan Burke going out and Jet Bush plays that position at times, um, he takes on in, increased significance, but he had a non-contact injury. I mean, I, I can't tell you when's the last time somebody had a non-contact injury to his knee or lower leg and came back the next week. So Sark has, has been mum on those, right? Uh, Alfred Collins did go out, but came back uh, and was on the sideline, sang the eyes with the team on Saturday. Uh, Gavin Holmes is the other one, uh, one of the corners that got hurt. Uh, I believe he was fine after the game. So I think he'll be fine this week unless, you know, there's some kind of protocol he's in. Uh, and then we also have, uh, you know, the one that nobody's mentioned is Jade Barron, guys. Yeah. Jade Barron came back and was not going to play against Houston until he had to. Um, he He's had a bad toe for three weeks, uh, four weeks now. So, um Texas is definitely feeling it on defense. A couple of names to keep an eye on. Jamon Tapp is going to get increased exposure. Justice Finkley uh, as well at defensive end. Uh, in the secondary, uh, we're waiting to see what they're going to do at safety, although I think you're going to see Michael Taft, Keaton Crawford, and Jaron Thompson, as long as those guys are still healthy. Um, I just Hopefully Ryan Watts makes it back, and that solidifies one corner spot, guys. Uh, thankfully BYU does not have the receivers necessarily to expose a Ryan Watts, right? They're not a, they're not the four, three group, uh, that, uh, maybe some other teams might try to roll out there. So, um, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but, uh, yeah, defensive injuries are mounting and piling up. And it's one of the reasons why I think depth is so vitally important. And as I mentioned it, I think I wrote an article on inside Texas yesterday, Depth matters and recruiting matters because of situations exactly like this. Otherwise, Texas, if Texas would have rolled somebody out there that couldn't cover or couldn't play deep defensive line against Houston, they would have lost. I mean, it, it, no matter who their first string is, they would have lost. And Houston yeah. may have lost because they didn't have depth. They didn't have depth at defensive line. They're, they're, one of their top defensive linemen went out on that last drive. Texas ran right up his butt uh, where he left uh, for that final touchdown by Cedric Baxter. So uh, just keep uh, depth and recruiting matter in football more so, I think, than any sport, period. Hey, hey by the way, I want to answer this. Somebody's asked yeah. about Adrian Peterson, you know, was that, you know, in high school and track, uh, FAT times. I, I, I'll tell you this. Texas State meet his senior year was 10.33. I saw him. I, mean, I was there. Now that was a little, that was a three point two win, but that guy was running ten four. I mean, he ran ten two six in the district meet. I mean, that was freaky. He was a freak, total freak show. Jerry, he uh, he looked like he was sculpted as a yeah. Greek Greek statue. He's one of the few players I've ever met, um, and I ranked him. I mean, that's back when I was in ranked number one rankings. Yeah, um, I ranked him number one player in the country. I went up and I'd seen him uh, his junior year when he was injured. And went and watched the state meet and did, did some other things and did some recon on him. Uh, went and saw him the very first game in a preseason scrimmage that year against Cleveland, I think. Yeah. in Cle yeah. It was Palestine versus Cle Cleveland. And literally, um, I, I to this day, I don't know that I've... Just like Vince Young, I, I know the word pretty comes to mind. It's, it's like one of those guys you're just like, uh, this guy looks different. Adrian Peterson looked different. 
Uh, we were talking about John A. Barron just a second ago. You mentioned him, Bobby. I want to go back to this question from Zane Petty. He says, in y'all's opinion, is Barron the best player on this defense? It sure seems like it. What do y'all think? I don't think so. I think I think he may be one of the more valuable ones, but I think Tavondre Sweat's elevated himself this year. I mean, I think he's getting pressure. I think he's stopping the run. Uh, Barron... The thing with with Jade is he's a nickel right now, and I'm not sure he has the true outright speed to be a corner or safety. In, in I, I think he has the speed to be a safety in, in the pro game, um, but I think Tavondre Sweat's the best player on defense, and that's who I I would put as the uh, the top player uh, right now, personally. Jerry, uh, you you or Blake have a have a thought on that? Um, I think Baron Baron and Sweat have had the best seasons. Um. I think that I think what's in, interesting um, about Jalen Ford is, you know, I'm not I I, I still put Jalen in there. Um, I, I just think I think the I think he's going to have a really good second half this last five games of the season. I'll say that um, I think he's in there. I, I I'm going to be interested by by the end of the year where where we really see if we rank the top five six. Uh, Defenders at Texas, where Anthony Hill is going to end up. Boy, he's I know he's going to end up next year. He's coming on. Yeah, I mean that—that's you know you're you're betting on the come on that guy because he's got a chance. I mean, yeah. he just does. Uh, this is a comment, but I want to get y'all's take on it. Buddy Pal Chief Big Guy says the line has gone from 17 and a half to 18 now. Well, that's just so Bobby would comment on it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, and, my, uh, I played my first bet ever, and it was a big one to cover. So just so Bobby had to. Uh, <laughs> time but obviously, I know y'all's score predictions will be coming later this week on InsideTexas.com. But what do y'all think about Texas being an 18 point favorite now over the Cougars? They're going to win 20 to 2. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, how do you – I have not done this super deep dive. I'm going to do one today with Paul Wadlington on Tale of the Tape. Uh, I haven't done this super deep dive on BYU to know all of what they have and haven't done thus far and what they can and can't do. I just have a hard time believing that you're going to give 18 points to a first-time starter at quarterback who has attempted eight passes – in his college history. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I, 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 I wouldn't look, I don't bet. I'm not a, I'm not one of those yeah, guys that, Oh, I, I, some people do. And I, and I don't harbor any ill will towards it. It's just, I would not touch this with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I don't see, I don't see that being, smart. I didn't see the U of H game being smart either. Um, after they had just won that big game, and had all the momentum. Texas had lost one. It's the same thing. I didn't think Texas was going to cover last week. So I, I, you know, it's one of those things where I'm ha I'm right half the time and wrong half the time when it comes to Vegas, which is why Vegas and their ten percent makes all the money. So, by the way, you know who got hit on the uh, Michigan sign stealing scandal? Have you seen the difference in Michigan against the spread before versus after? Apparently, all the started. I believe they were 30 Michigan was 32 and 38 under Harbaugh against the spread prior to when they said this started 25 and 11 after. Holy cow. Wow. <laughs> I never even thought about that angle, but I didn't either. Yes. 
I, I, guys, I may be off a couple of numbers, but it's a drastic change. I, I got to say this. I got to say this. So Harbaugh's defense apparently thus far has been, I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> How? He's the sitting there telling your offensive and defensive coordinator what the plays are. Bullshit. <laughs> That is such I what a cop out. You yeah. gotta be kidding me. And if you talk about lack of institutional control, if you don't know that you're getting the plays from another team in a unbelievable like Harbaugh is a piece of work yeah. now from the khaki pants to all everything and all in between. To I mean, he's just a piece of work. Now I, I yeah. <laughs> Would I like him to be my head coach? Maybe. Yeah. You know, he's really good. Um, but uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Would you want him to be your head coach or would you want Connor Stallions to be part of the program? <laughs> Apparently, he has a 600 page dossier. I mean, be, uh, I mean uh, he wasn't beat, yeah. beating Ohio State until that guy showed up. Hey, uh, E. Kim's a question about North Shore. I want to hit on this because it's been a, it's been a uh, topic on Inside Texas after Chris Ross. I want to say this. Um, and it, it, I, so just so people understand, North Shore has three guys in the NFL right now. And, and, and since Bobby and I've been in this business, I, well, they've had 15 guys in the NFL. Their kids pan out. Um, it's not know, always the elite ones that you think are elite on yeah. coming out of high school, though. I, I mean, look, Zach Evans, for all his issues, NFL draft pick. I mean, so those guys, they, they are very talented, but then they have some they've had guys, you know, Earl Mitchell played in the NFL a long time. I mean. You know, so I, they've got three guys in the NFL right now, maybe four, um, but they've got three guys in the league. And I'll say this, they're not as uber talented as they used to be. There was a 10-year run where North Shore had 10, 12 Division I guys every single year. They're not They're not there. They're not what Duncanville looks like now. I actually think that they that coaching staff, in my opinion, outside of just handing the – keys to the state to Scott Surratt and Carthage for all he's done. Um, I think that North Shore staff has done an amazing job there. Uh, to have the gumption, um, to have the discipline in your program, to send Zach Evans home the night before state championship game and still win. Love it. I mean, to suspend Denver Harris's senior year for a couple of games. He was still injured, but he wasn't going to play if he was healthy. Dude, that takes a lot. There's not a lot of coaches that are sending their best player home the night before state championship game. Those guys have a great program, and they have to have an extremely disciplined program. I think Reginald Samples does a great job at Duncanville with that, by the way. Um, it's not easy. Um, I, I think I, – and Coach K at Rice at linebackers coach, uh, I think he did an amazing job at North Shore. I really do. Hey, we were talking about Michigan, and we had this question come up a few times, so I'm just going to go ahead and ask it, uh, Jerry, since it keeps coming up. Bobby Petronic says, any Michigan commits we might kick the tires on as Big Blue possibly unravels and Harbaugh leaves unceremoniously for the NFL with his spread soul brother, Lincoln Riley? <laughs> let me look at hey, the in Michigan Open, huh? I mean, hey, look. Uh, 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 hey, Courtney Garcia Jr., I'll talk about Lufkin in a second because I was there yesterday. Um, I'm telling you, this coaching carousel could get absolutely wild when we didn't think it was going to be. If Harbaugh has to exit and Lincoln Riley hits the door, Bobby, it's going to get crazy. That is two massive jobs that the trickle down 
um, is uh, is going to is going to be impactful. I'm looking at the uh, commitment list for Michigan. I'm not sure there's anybody on there that Texas even off. I mean, Blake Frazier, the offensive lineman at Vandergriff, his dad played at Michigan. Um, a Texas didn't really push for him. Um, you know, nobody on that commitment list off the top of my head right now. I mean, not guys that Texas actually went after. It'd have to be straight up senior year evaluations. Um, but I, I think USC. I think that's interesting, though. I, I think that would be interesting. Uh, you wanted to get to that Courtney Garcia Jr. question, so I'm going to read that one. He said, I heard you say you're in Lufkin. Did you get a chance to check out the new basketball and baseball facilities? The Piney Woods Hoop Fest will have great teams in Lufkin November 20th and the 21st. I did not. Um, I, I talked to a couple of people about those new facilities. I didn't get a chance to go in them because we had to go. I had to jump out for a while, do the live live stream after the Wingo announcement. Um, but yeah, no, I, but I do want to mention Zion Williams, um, Zion Williams, the 2025 D tackle at Lufkin is now one of my favorite kids. Uh, I, an amazing kid to, to hang out with and spend time with, uh, you know, look, he's six, four, three Oh eight with an 80 inch wingspan and an 18 inch shoe an 18 inch wide shoe. by the way, um, you know, he is a strong point of attack player. He's got a bright future in football. Uh, but he is such a interesting kid, man. He was fun to talk to. Uh, he's in drama class. I mean, he he, he wants you know he, football got in the way of him being in the Peter Pan play at school at Lufkin. He's got real interests. Uh, he was a fun kid to talk to. A very thoughtful kid. Um, you know, wants to be a business management major. I mean, you know, he he's a kid who likes football a lot, but he also is a thinker. Um, and, he, and he understands what all this is about. And he just turned 17 in September. So kind of an old soul kid um, with, with, with the, a, a body of an NFL player if he wants to go that route and pushes really and has is good luck with injuries one day. But uh, he is damn good talent at, at, as a point of attack, defensive uh, tackle. And he's a really fun kid. 6'4", 300, what is he? 308, 6'4", 308. And by the way, he is yeah. talking. He's talking with Bo Davis. Um, Texas is all in on this kid. Trust me on that. Hey, Jerry, you said he had size eighteen shoes, right? Eight and uh, eighteen wide. I've got a picture of it. I should have tweeted it out. But... Well, you knew he's going to be. If you have eight size eighteen shoes, you're going to have a wide. Yeah, That's I was like I, an automatic. I don't know if anybody that has an, a regular size eighteen. The, the, there was a funny story. Uh, Coach Quick, uh, who's been there twenty nine years now, Wild Lufkin. Um, he was telling the story about they had no, when the kid, they had no 18 shoes, of course. And, you know, they ended up getting him a pair of shoes at the Woodlands when him and his wife were down there one weekend because they didn't, you know, in Lufkin, nobody, you know, Ross store doesn't have size 18s in Lufkin. Okay. So, um, they ended up being at the Woodlands, him and his wife one weekend. And, uh, he was like, All right, let's just go over here to this Ross uh, store. I guess over by the Woodlands mall or whatever. They had one pair of 18 shoes. It's the funniest story. And it was just regular Nike shoes that had been on the rack for over a year, like 20 bucks. Okay. And he go, they go to check out. I mean, this is a great story. They go to check out and the checkout girl says, hold on one second. And she, she calls somebody that worked in the back, I guess. And, and coach was like, what's going on? And he, or these like $120 shoes or something, you know? And uh, the girl comes out and this guy hands her a $20 bill. They had a bet. 
that those shoes would never be bought if people don't wear 18s. That's almost like Cam Williams being able to find a helmet that fits yeah. his head size at uh, Duncanville. Yeah. Uh, v, v Brown, are there any more silent commits? I mean, yeah. Stay tuned. All right, guys, we got a question here from Todd Lacey. Uh, he says, will Texas continue to rotate players on defense? Has anything been said by Sark about this? I prefer they stick with the lineup and quit rotating so much in the secondary. I don't know that they're going to be able to. And at some level, be happy that they were, because if they hadn't been, who knows what would have happened in the secondary on Saturday. Um, but I, I don't think they have the numbers. We just went through at least two Guys are out in Burke and Bush, in my opinion. Uh, Catalan, you don't know where he's at. That could be three. Um, you know, we got to we got to figure all this out. But I'm telling you, Texas right now uh, hurting for defensive depth. I I consider that uh, something they're going to continue to try to do. I don't know if they'll go beyond Taft, uh, Thompson, and Williams at safety uh, in Crawford, though. I mean that. How much more depth do you actually have is a good question. Uh, Archmania, I, I'm on that one. That's a great, thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that info. All right, guys, we're going to do another secondary question here. Emmanuel Villafranco says, do y'all prefer Texas place press coverage and give up a deep pass every now and again? Or would you rather give them cushion and guarantee that short catches and having to make the tackle, which is what they've struggled with? It's not either or. That's the problem I have. It's not either or. You can risk and, you know, you don't have to risk every down, but third and three, maybe you make them throw it over the top and complete a more difficult pass instead of giving them something underneath easy. So, I, I yeah, I, people that haven't watched uh, Arizona State this year, take a peek what they're doing on defense. And um, they're having real, they've had really good success. I thought, it, because I didn't think they, would off personnel, uh, you know, against Washington, against USC. They've run up, they've been pressing at the corner and running either too deep or cover three behind it. But they are absolutely jamming up, guys. They are not letting guys just walk and stroll into routes. Um, they are, they, and that's against Washington, that's against USC, and that affected both of those quarterbacks. We got time for a few more questions uh, before we get out of here, guys. But before we do that, Bobby, I'm going to let you tell everybody about our sponsor today, Austin Underground. Yeah, we really appreciate uh, Rick Vavro and his team at Austin Underground. Since 2004, Austin Underground has specialized in difficult underground commercial installations. Uh, the team's strong engineering background gives Austin Underground the ability to perform, perform work other firms often just consider too risky. Rick and his team offer an end-to-end -end client experience, including seamless communication, budgeting, staffing, and top-notch trade partners. And most importantly, they produce solid quality work every time. That's Austin Underground. We appreciate those guys and their sponsorship of the Thursday Coffee and Football. Well, we have a, a couple of super chats that we need to get to now. And this first one from UT Boy, he says, good morning, family, and hook them. Thank you, UT Boy. Good morning to you hook as well. To you. And then Jose Rodriguez with the super chat. Thank you, Jose. He says, do academics still get in the way of recruiting when it comes to Texas? There's no ACT or SAT requirements by the NCAA. Uh, and that, so that has definitely changed the game. 
the only thing that possibly could is is uh, foreign language, but even that I think has been reduced some. The biggest piece that it affects, to be fair, walk-ons. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you can't just get into the University of Texas because it's it's different. But uh, regular, regular scholarship athletes, not affected. Okay, let's move on to some more. And, of course, we have a lot of recruiting questions today. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> the comment section. Especially after Ryan Wingo's commitment yesterday to the Longhorns. So I'm going to ask you this, Jerry. Grant Thompson, how do Ryan Wingo's strengths fit into Sark's offense? I Tremendously. I, so I, I think – and I'm not comparing him as a player, but I think he's for Texas. If you're thinking about, okay – uh, looking at a player at Texas round, he's a vertically faster version of A.D. Mitchell in the Texas offense. I, I think that's what you're kind of looking at. So if you took A.D. Mitchell and said, okay, this guy runs 10-5-5, what would you have? You'd be like, oh, wow, you have him and Worthy. And not that A.D. Mitchell's slow, but that's just a different level of speed that a guy like Wingo has at that size. Not many guys have. So that's kind of what I say in the Texas offense is what the role he's going to play is A.D. Mitchell with home run hitting speed down the field or the field to take the top off. Um, so I think I think he fits very well in the Sarks offense. Um, you know, you guys see who, you know, quarterback is, how things change. You know, th- what Texas does with Malik Murphy is going to be what te- is diff- going to be different than what Texas did with Quinn Ewers, in my opinion, Bobby. I just, I just think they have different strengths as passers. So, um, you know, look – Arch Manning, Malik Murphy, whoever that guy is, they're both going to have different strengths as passers. So that will factor into how a guy like Wingo's used. And then this next question, guys, and I actually want to kind of expound on this a little bit. Uh, it's from Tony Mattia, and he says, Is NIL helping Texas in baseball overcoming the partial scholarship issue? Yeah, I'll answer the first part of that. Yes, it is. But Bobby, I want you to kind of Ex, uh, you know, explain a little bit about the Texas One Fund and how important it is and what exactly it does for those that may not be aware. Yeah, absolutely. Texas One Fund is uh, a partner or is is the, I, I don't want to say official, but uh, certainly endorsed by the university as the NIL arm of the university uh, and its scholarship athletes. Uh, they actually uh, request funds from donors. Uh, both small and large alike. They really try to get uh, a groundswell of uh, folks supporting them. Uh, yes, there's going to be big money donors, but you know, Longhorn is a Longhorn, young and old, and uh, they need all the help they can get. Uh, it, there is no doubt that NIL plays a major role in recruiting these days. Um, it's easy uh, to, to help, and all you have to do is go to texasonefund.org. Partial scholarship sports, for example, like Texas, Baseball uh, are big in this. Uh, women's volleyball, big. Uh, other other aspects of it, all big. Uh, swimming, swimming and diving, another one. So it's not just football. Football gets the lion's share of attention, as it should, in my opinion, because it's the money sport and the one that most people care about at the University of Ter- Texas, or the one people care about most, I should say. Um, I think that what is happening here is, you know, I, I've said this from the start, how you recruit with NIL is very specific because there are letters of the law to be considered. All the coaches can tell you is this what a this is what a player in your position similarly situated to you got last year in NIL funds. 
Okay. So that is how Texas is maintaining a stature and level that competes and is often better than others. To continue to do that, people need to continue to donate and make this a reality. Uh, so visit TexasOneFund.org. Uh, it's very easy. They have an easy online sign-up for each and every one of you guys. Uh, I'm trying to do some stuff. Uh, I've been trying to do a fundraiser here uh, for them, but we haven't got it uh, got through the YouTube compliance quite yet. So when we do, we'll let you guys know. But uh, please consider going to their tailgates like on Saturday. If you go to the tailgate and make a donation, you also get free beer and food. So it's a win-win for everybody. Can't beat that. And as you said, Bobby, a lot of those smaller sports, you, you can designate where that money goes, which is very important for those not aware. All right, guys, yesterday we had a trivia question from a uh, from a viewer. So today I'm going to give you another trivia question from a different viewer. T-Live says, Jerry, Bobby, speaking of the secondary, there's a, there is a Houston ISD high school with two current NFL drafted DBs. Can you name the school or the players? Wheatley. Yeah, that's too easy. Wheatley, but I can't name both players. Jackson and the guy that went to Baylor. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Play, yeah. One went to Houston, one went to Baylor. Or is it Houston Lamar now with Deshaun Jameson? He wasn't drafted. Oh, drafted. Yeah, it's Wheatley. <laughs> there you go. All right, y'all aced it. Edmund Lee with the super chat. Thank you, Edmund. He says, win, ugly or not, a win is still a win. Hook them. I completely. For sure the case Saturday. Hey, hey, it was the case last Saturday. Yeah. That, that's what I'm – look, I thought that the win was definitely ugly, but let's look, let's look at this. It was 24-24 to 24 in the fourth quarter against U of H. Texas inserted its backup quarterback, okay, and won the game 31-24. to 24. I wrote and in, in, in talked about the postgame. For the first time in a long time – I felt like Texas showed a spine, like a true spine, like a, and, and I know it wasn't perfect. I know they almost, you know, U of H almost went down and scored to, to close out the game. Um, but, you know, part of football and part of a culture change at a university and, and within a program is winning games like that with your backups, not just at quarterback, but across the board. Winning games win a defense runs the 3-3-5 for the first time all year against you. I mean, those sorts of things are, in my opinion, uh, just, just big. I mean, because you're, you're winning games you're not supposed to win. You're favored right now by 18 against a team that has its starting quarterback. You're out at least two or three starters on defense, and you're playing a backup quarterback. That is a change for where Texas was two short years ago where everybody was holding on to their rear end, hoping that teams wouldn't run it up Texas is, you know what, uh, on the ground. So yeah. I, I'm a big fan of what's going on within the team. Uh, is it perfect? I don't know that it's perfect. Is it much better than where it's been? Hell yes. And that's, that's, that's the reality. Um, I guess, so Prince Dorbach questions. And actually, and I think people brought that up because I was talking about Arizona state. Yeah, he has 26 tackles and six sacks this year. Um, and, and, you know, here's the thing. They're playing a 4-2-5 there, and, and he he fits that scheme. And he's also an older player. So, 
You know, he, he did not, he, he probably didn't maximize it. Texas, Texas, because of the changes, probably didn't maximize his talent for sure. He's now in a scheme that fits him really well. What Arizona State's doing is a lot, very similar to what Gary did, Patterson did at TCU. Uh, but he's, uh, look, he's going to have a 10-sack season. Does that mean he'd had 10 sacks on this Texas team? No, not. it's a different scheme. But I'm glad to see him having success because that guy was too talented to go through college with, with, with zero success. All right, guys. Uh, we got time for just a couple more questions. We got a couple of super chats, and I'm going to ask you one more after that, then we better get out of here. This first one is from UT Boy, and he says, Jerry Hamilton, Jonte, and I love you, appreciate you, salute you. Hook on. Thank you, UT Boy. Thank you, UT Boy. And then this next one's also for you, Jerry, from Mike Goss. I want to thank Mike for the super chat. He says, how serious of a threat is Texas in the recruitment of Justin Williams, of course, the five-star linebacker? Yeah, I think so. Same with Xavier Phil Same. Same with Ty Anthony Smith and all these kids. It's We're talking about it now because there's contact. There's enough contact um, within the staff and the kid consistently. But I can guarantee you this, if Justin Williams doesn't get to Austin before December, Texas isn't going to get him. So you have to get these kids on campus. That's the next piece of it. Look, Texas is trying to get Xavier Phil Same up this weekend. Um, I'm quite sure, like three weeks ago, I talked to Joseph Jonah Jagne, and he said Texas had tried had invited him up, and he just, he just said no. Um, you know, he's pretty much locked in with George. I think there's more con. There's more communication between Justin Williams in Texas than there is Jonah Janya in Texas. So it'll be, be interesting to see if uh, Justin Williams pops up on campus the next two weeks. But it really does probably – so if you're going to get him up for a game, that has to happen in the next two weeks realistically. Um, not that you can't come for Tech, but that's different. At that point, you just have to get, uh, you know, the under-the-radar under, under, under the radar, uh, visit, which is uh, maybe the best way to do it as well. I got last question for today on Coffee and Football presented by Austin Underground. And we're going back to a hypothetical. Fresh 64-73. If the 2005 team was in the SEC today, would they go undefeated and win the Natty? And would VY win the Heisman? The SEC this year? Absolutely. And here's why I say that. Um, I'm high on Georgia's talent. They've won two titles in a row. I think they're sleepwalking this year. And once, and if you're sleepwalking, especially now at the Brock Bowers injury, you can get tripped up. Um, I like how they sleepwalk. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Pretty I impressive mean, sleepwalking. I, I think the game at Tennessee worries Georgia a little bit. Um, so I, I, we'll see. But, I mean, Georgia is so talented. But, oh, yeah, this Texas team, absolutely. They yeah. – they, this Texas team in college football this year, um, I, I think it's a 15-0 and 0 team. And would Vince win the Heisman? Why wouldn't he? Because, I mean, Caleb Williams is, uh, you know, he ain't winning it. Bobby? Oh, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, it's hard to say that. Um, I think they would be – even if Texas would have lost an SEC game, they would be playing in the national championship. You know, that that's the other thing that, that – uh, the SEC has in its favor now that they've gone to four teams. You even slip up once, and you're going to play in the national championship still. Um, you know, I don't – look, that Texas team was so good, um, and it's particularly on offense, that it's just hard for me to fathom them not scoring 35 in just about every game. Well, uh, uh, and very yeah. few, very few uh, SEC, SEC teams score 35 no matter who the defense is 
on a weekly basis. I mean, here's one way, to, the easiest way to look at it is Texas went to Alabama, scored 34, dropped a touchdown, and they didn't have Vince Young. Yeah. I Texas has – Vince Young was such a – because he played the, the most important position. You also have to remember not everybody understood how to defend the zone read at that time. There are just a lot of elements to, to that team that, that uh, you know, kind of culminated together. Great talent, unbelievable talent. And, and, and people are saying the SEC this year. These aren't Nick Saban's 20 best. That's, this isn't one of his best Alabama teams. So that may be a different discussion, you know, when he had four first-round picks at wideout, and that team could score 45 on you. The, the, team, the team that Texas might have the most, pro- might have the most problems with is LSU. Yeah, because LSU can score points. They can't defend for you know what, right. but they can score points. So. Twenty nineteen team. Yeah, yeah. You get my point. Yeah, I mean, as great as Georgia was two years ago defensively, a Texas defense was tremendous. I don't think Georgia would have scored much against Texas in again in that matchup. Hi, right, Bobby. Before we get out of here, let everybody know what's coming on later right here on On Texas Football and then, of course, over at Inside Texas as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're, me and Paul Wadling are going to talk a little bit uh, here uh, on Tale of the Tape. We'll probably try to push that out live around 12 or 1 o'clock today. Uh, then, uh, Jerry, uh, we've got uh, something that you and I always watch is Football Theory with Ian Boyd and Rod Babers. They talk about uh, certain aspects of the game. Uh, kind of behind the scenes, uh, nuanced aspects. I think that's quickly becoming one of uh, people's favorites. That'll debut, or that'll uh, go around 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, and then tomorrow, I'm on my way to Austin. Uh, guys, we have the, uh, uh, the live stream tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock at uh, the co-op. Rod Babers and I will be there. Jerry will be alongside. Uh, we should have a lot of fun. Big weekend game coming up at 2.30 on Saturday. A Longhorns taking on BYU. Uh, we have the watch with us then, as well as the post-game show. Uh, Jerry and I are going to do a little fun live stream that day, too, as well. All right, and then don't forget, uh, over at InsideTexas.com, you can use promo code OTFIT23. You get a dollar for two months. You got to select the monthly offer. So head on over there. If you're not a new member, or if you are going to be a new member, it's not for existing members, but take advantage of that. So. Okay, guys. Well, Why Wingo, baby. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a 24-hour period that, that we've been. Uh, but we want to thank all of you for tuning in. Like I said, we're getting so close to 25,000. So be sure to tell your friends. We would definitely appreciate it. We'll be giving away that poster as soon as we hit that number. Hit the like and subscribe button. Ring the bell so you're notified anytime that there's a new video or breaking news like yesterday. In the case of Ryan Wingo when y'all went live. And I want to thank Austin Underground as well for sponsoring today's show. And for Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Welcome.